Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Daniel from Pump City Fitness out of Montreal, Canada. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm great. Excited to have you here and to learn more about your fitness business. Before we dive into that, give me a little bit of background here. Ultimately, like what was it that made you decide to open up your own gym? Okay, well, basically, uh, I've always kind of been into uh, fitness from uh, back in the days of watching He-Man when I was a kid. Uh, you know, when you're like a young kid, you're always interested in that, like, you know, big, strong aspect. But the actual, like, training I got into when I was 15, and it was uh, in between seasons of hockey when I was playing for the high school team. And it was kind of after that first year uh, of playing full contact that I realized uh, I needed a little bit more strength. So um, I had this, uh, there was this old weight set in basement. Uh, those like, yeah, you know, those old sets of the blue bench and the, the cement, like sand filled weights. So basically I just uh, started using that back in the days when there was no YouTube videos to watch, to learn how to do anything. Uh, so after that, I just kind of like got a passion for it. Honestly, uh, I was one of those kids that like used to go and buy muscle and fitness magazines or flex magazines all the time and just got super into it. Um, and uh, initially when I went to my first gym, uh, I was right away kind of like thinking it would be pretty cool to own one, just like, you know, every other young person these days that gets into fitness, they all think like, you know, owning a gym would be pretty cool. <clears throat> I looked into it a bit, uh, was discouraged a lot by people around me saying that uh, basically you couldn't make any money. So for a long time, I just put it on the back burner, uh, went to university, got some really good jobs, uh, had a good career going. When I hit 29, everything kind of changed. And uh, I realized that if I wanted to do my own thing, it's like kind of like shit or get off the pot. So I wanted to get things done before I was 30, left the company and uh, started looking for locations to uh, open my first gym. And uh, luckily I fell on uh, this old decrepit place that had been closed for about a year. Uh, cobwebs everywhere, gross machines, but I kind of saw the potential and it was uh, giving me an opportunity to kind of get my foot in the door and learn how to run my first uh, facility. Yeah. So I think it's kind of funny because I always like talk to people here and like make the joke that like most little kids don't grow up or most kids don't grow up like wanting to have a gym one day. Like it's usually something that happens, but I feel like for you, (laughs) when you stumbled upon those weights in your basement, you're like, ah, this is a cool goal for myself and you made it happen. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like a lot of, a lot of people is like, they get into training and then they, their first idea is like, I want to be a trainer because I'm passionate about the training. Right. For me, it was like, I'm passionate about training myself. <laughs> I like, I was never interested in like training people per se. It was my first initial thought was just like, I want to own the gym and, and that's it. Okay. So um, now you have the gym, it's pump city fitness. So give us your elevator pitch. Tell us, you know, who you are, what services you provide, paint a picture of the business model here. Yeah, so we're basically uh, an open gym, uh, super modern, but we've been uh, said to be old school uh, by a lot of people. 
And I think that's more just uh, because of the vibe, the general vibe of the gym. And when I say old school, you know, I mean, 20 uh, people in their 20s and 30s saying this kind of stuff. I mean, we didn't even train back when it was like the actual old school, right? So, I mean, I think it's just the idea of, of training hard and, and taking uh, the training seriously kind of gives you that like old school vibe. But we're kind of filling that gap between like the big box gyms that just have thousands of people that don't care about the equipment or what they're doing uh, versus like the really small, expensive niche gym. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're kind of like bridging that gap with like super high quality equipment, uh, super nice facilities. But at the same time, if you want to go in there and, and, and deadlift and drop the weights, grunt, uh, take your shirt off, no problem. Okay. So kind of somewhere in the middle, but yeah. nonetheless, people can come in, get in a good workout on their own and then kind of leave at their choosing. Um, on top of that, I always like to ask within this model, personal training is usually a good thing because it does bring us in some extra revenue. Um, is that something that you guys offer at your facility? Yeah. So we have uh, four personal trainers uh, and massage therapists. So basically the personal training, the way it works is uh, we have designated offices. If there's a free office, personal trainers come in and uh, rent the office. Uh, and everything they do with their clients is is separate from the gym membership. So uh, that's basically just the way that we're able to get uh, high quality trainers. Okay. And they are doing a, um, they are doing like a rent. They pay a rent to the gym and they use the space. Is that how it works? Yeah. So basically the, the trainer pays rent to the gym and gives them access to obviously the pool of clients that we have. Uh, and all the resources and to be able to train their clients in the gym. And obviously for us, you know, the, in return, obviously we're going to get more clients just uh, basically from having people who wanted to get those uh, precise personal trainers might not have seen our gym before and they'll come simply because that uh, particular trainer is there. So it's kind of like a give and take, but yeah, they just pay to be able to use the facility. Okay. What percent of your revenue as the business owner would you say is coming from these monthly rents um, from the trainers? Uh, I mean, you know, gross revenue, I, I'd say it's 10%. It's, it's not a huge amount, but it, it's a steady 10%. Is that a number that like you're happy with or would you ideally like to be bringing in more from that side of things? Uh, no, I, I'd say I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, just, you know, the percentage is, is perhaps smaller because we've also got a juice bar. Uh, you know, we, we sell merch, we sell uh, products, uh, supplements, uh, and there's just like a, a growing client base. So, I mean, you know, that 10% might've been more if we had like a smaller client base, but we also have a limited number of uh, offices. So they're kind of all full right now. So unless we raise the price, uh, the rent for the trainers kind of won't ever uh, change. Yeah. What made you decide to come to the decision um, of kind of charging a rent instead of like a profit share or something like that? Um, what was your reasoning behind that? Yeah. So I mean, there, there's two main reasons to that. The first is just uh, it's a whole lot easier to forecast income uh, and to just know what your income is, steady income when you have people paying rent. Uh, you know, it's like X amount of rent per month. And you know, that's what it's going to be. And you're not the one who's like uh, liable to go and get like the clients and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if you're paying uh, trainers 
uh, per client or whatever it is. Well, it's up to the gym to now go and get these clients and feed uh, the trainers these leads. So it's just in terms of workload, uh, a whole lot easier and forecasting a whole lot easier. And the other way too, is, the other thing too, is that you get a higher, uh, a higher quality of trainer when you do it this way, because you know, any, time, any top level of trainer isn't really gonna wanna work for a gym that's paying them like X amount of small like salary per hour for the clients that they bring in. They wanna be able to bring in their own, uh, their own clients and get like that full amount uh, of payment from whatever deal they negotiated with their client. Okay. Interesting. Um, so kind of to move on from the personal training side of things, let's talk about the membership here. And that's really what sounds like the bread and butter. Like most of your people are coming in and just utilizing an open gym membership. Um, is there different tiered memberships? Is it just one same price membership for everybody? What does that look like? Yeah. So over the years, uh, I've, I've changed the way that I do things. Uh, mm -hmm. we used to have, we used to have tons of different types of contracts. Um, based on like uh, how many people sign up at the same time, based on your age, like based on all kinds of different things. <clears throat> and to be honest, like uh, they just don't work. These are things that you're doing. Like the whole gym system is, is broken the way that like we try to do things and like always trying to give people deals and every like to bring clients in. It's always a question of like, well, I think I need to give them a better price. So we're always trying to find ways to give people deals. Whereas the way I do things now, the way I've done things the past few years is there is one type of contract, one main type of contract, and that's it. It's a one-year contract that you pay per month, automatic payments through credit, uh, credit card. Uh, but the thing is that you can cancel that contract whenever you want. No fees, no penalties, no nothing. You can call us, send us a message, and we'll cancel the contract without any questions. So it okay. gives people the ability to, to get out when they want to. Yeah, I think it's smart to not offer deals and to de to not devalue ourselves. Like a lot of times people think, oh, I have to give like a month for free or something like that to get people yeah. in the door. And ultimately those memberships are not going to stick anyway um, because they're just people looking for a bargain. Exactly. Um, so never devalue your service. If you're listening to this, it's not worth it. Um, causes a lot of headache, been there, done that. And I ain't going back. Yep. Uh, um, it sounds like you're the same. So, um, next question that I have here is square footage of the space. What's that looking like? Uh, right now it's 8,000 square feet. The first gym I had was 5,000. This one's 8,000. Okay. So with 8,000 square feet, um, how many members do you guys have right now? So currently we have 500. Um, unfortunately we had to start from scratch again, uh, after COVID, mm -hmm. obviously COVID for us here in Canada, especially Montreal was, uh, devastating. So a lot of closures and I ended up literally losing, I like 90%, like, so like more than 90% of my uh, client base. So I basically just had to start from scratch again. So now we're up at 500 again and, uh, you know, aiming for like that sweet spot of like seven, 800 for, for this, I kind of go with like a member for every 10 square feet type of thing. Yeah, that's hard. Um, yeah. The idea of, you know, having to start over completely from scratch. We were lucky enough that we did have some people that stuck with us through our closure, which was only luckily like three months. But um, so 500 members, you know, are you looking to hit the gas? Ideally, like what's that number that you would like to get to that would mean that the gym was in like a really healthy financial spot yes yeah, so i mean right now at 500 we are in a good spot already uh to be honest right now it's just a question of like you know e even if you're kind of like 
your net revenue is decent, you're still paying off, or in my case, it's still paying off some of that COVID debt. So, you know, continuing on to like maybe 600, 700 uh, would definitely be better. But like, even at the 500, like it's okay. But my goal is that seven, 800 uh, mark for this particular gym. Yep. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what you're going to do to aid that growth process to get up to that number. You know, um, how are you, how do you guys find new members? Yeah. So, so right now it's been, it's been growing pretty good. Um, and to be honest, like for the most part, I mean, there, there's three main things that I like to do and like, I've done all kinds of different marketing and uh, let's say like direct mail pieces and door hangers and like all that stuff, to be honest, like doesn't really work. I mean, the return on investment is super low. Uh, so for me, the main things are word of mouth, as we all know, for, for gyms, you know, word of mouth is like a big thing. Uh, of course, social media and, uh, and in social media, I'll do kind of like waves of just using the platforms, the free parts of the platforms because, you know, people reposting people's stories and all that kind of stuff. And then I'll do waves of actual like boosted posts or, or uh, Facebook ads. And then of course, uh, cross-marketing. Cross-marketing is like a huge thing for us, uh, whether it be like uh, clothing companies that we work with, supplement companies, uh, the trainers themselves, restaurants in the areas or things like that. It's just that like free marketing that allows you to, to expand. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the free marketing, kind of the word of mouth, um, within this industry, that's always going to be one of our favorite things because it's free. And I don't know about you, but like, I generally like free things, but when we look at at scalability, it's hard to predict the growth that's going to happen through word of mouth, because we could have a month where we're doing all the things we have the events going, we have referral programs, whatever. We could have months where we have a lot of leads come in and then months where it's very quiet. There's a lot of seasonality in this business. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned another piece in there that I want to touch on, and that is social media. Sounds like you've utilized Facebook. Talk to me about, has that been beneficial? Is there ebbs and flows of it? Is it something that you only do here and there? Yeah. Um, so in terms of actual Facebook, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've been horrible on Facebook the last years because I find that uh, it, there's a very different, like Facebook and Instagram are very different. And I found for me, um, with the type of gym that we have, Facebook just doesn't seem to get me the same, uh, the same return as like, let's say Instagram would. So I've been more on Instagram um, it's a lot of just like reposting stories, boosting posts, especially in those times that there's lulls in the market, right? Like when it's high and everyone's coming in the gym and there's a lot of like word of mouth and people posting things, like it's crazy how many people come. And at the more quiet times, that's when you kind of want to boost posts and then make a Instagram or Facebook ads and stuff like that. Uh, but the Instagram too, I need to step up the actual posting, you know, the stories are always, there's always tons of stories every day, but the posts, I'm, uh, I'm definitely lacking. So. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple things there that you said that I want to touch on. So first thing, Facebook, you said like for your demographic, you just feel like they're really not on Facebook. Like that might not be the best place to find people. So what is your demographic? Like what is your ideal client? Kind of paint that picture for us. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I hate being the one that like has this, like this ideal client, you know, so I always want to be like open to everyone. And like, we are like, and like, you know, like I said before, like, we're one of those gyms that's like not for everyone, but open to everyone. But unfortunately there is a demographic. Um, and that is generally, uh, really young. Like we get 
you know, 15, 16 to probably around 50. Okay. You know, like you feel like that age range, you feel like they're not on Facebook or you just haven't had success. Uh, well, I, I have a few, (laughs) I have a few things to say about that. Like, and it's not nothing mean, but we, uh, over the last seven or eight years or so, I, I see that with that, the demographic older than 50, let's say 50, 55 and older, uh, tend to have a different idea of what they're looking for. Um, and so I get a, a lot more complaints and, and issues uh, with that demographic. And so I kind of like uh, avoid even marketing to, uh, to that. Okay. But what, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, okay. So yeah, I mean, you don't have to market you don't have to target those, that audience. If that's not who you're looking for, that's totally fine. I don't target that audience either because I don't think they're going to walk into my CrossFit gym and enjoy a workout with us. Yeah. But I do target like 25 to 45 and I do find them on Facebook by running ads. Um, so talk to me about like why you feel like that doesn't work. Um, well, it, so for the ads, I do run the Facebook ads. Like if I'm doing an Instagram ad, I will run a Facebook ad as well. Um, I think it's running the Facebook page on a regular basis, uh, that I don't, uh, I don't find as good. That could just be me. And that could also just be me saying like, I prefer Instagram to, to Facebook. So, you know, I'll do most of the stories on, on Instagram and stuff like that. But I, I've just found there's less engagement uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, there's less sharing of stories, uh, and stuff like that. So for me, I just wanted to use the platform where people are going to share the stories and there's going to be more engagement. So, you know, spread those tentacles out as far as possible. Yep. That makes sense. Um, engagement is really important. Now to be clear, Instagram, Facebook, are you boosting posts or are you running an ad campaign? Like which one, which direction do you go in for your business? Yeah, I'll, I'll do both. I'll do both. Uh, to be honest, <clears throat> if it's just like a, a question of like, you know, if, if there's a lot of flow of uh, people coming in and out and, and signups and that kind of stuff, I'll just be boosting posts sometimes. Uh, and it's just to kind of like just get that post out there a little bit more, depending on what the post is. It, it depends a lot on like what the post is. And then every once in a while, uh, lower times of the season, it'll be an actual ad, an actual ad for the gym, you know, about like the information on the gym rather than just boosting a cool post or something like that. Yeah. That's a good kind of game plan there because like boosting equals overall awareness. Like when we boost a post, it's going to help with that overall awareness. It's going to help us get more likes. It's going to help us get more comments, more people to see our page. When we run an ad campaign, like that equals leads, right? Um, That's going to have uh, people, a steady flow of people coming in if we're doing it right. So um why is it something that you only do here and there? Like, do you not want a steady flow of clients coming in or like, what's your reasoning behind that? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say there's a, there's a mix. And a lot of the things that I do over the years, I have to admit, like, you know, uh, I'm not going to pretend like there's a reason for everything, you know, to be quite honest with you. Sometimes I do things because it's just what either what I want to do or what I feel is, is good at that time. 
Right. And, you know, there could be a few reasons. Honestly, sometimes I just don't feel that uh, I have the cash flow to to want to put towards that. I might have to, uh, you know, there might be a lot of maintenance to do on machines that month or those couple of months. There might be something new we need to buy for the gym or something in particular. So like I'm putting cash flow towards that instead of uh, towards the other things, especially if like people are coming in the door, right? And everything's like yeah. numbers are going up. I'm not going to focus on that. And then the times that are like slower and I don't have money to put in uh, on other things, then that's when I'll kind of say, okay, I have a little bit of extra cash. You know, things are slowing down a bit. Now I'll start kind of like boosting ads and, and that kind of thing. If it was something that you constantly got like a three to one return on investment on, would it be something that you did like more frequently? I mean, if it was a three to one, like turnover on the, on the leads. Just as an example. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think anyone would, would take that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's just a matter of like really figuring out. Cause like, I don't, I don't want to spend money if I'm not going to make money either, especially like in this business, it's, it's expensive and you have a lot of equipment and things that you have to repair yeah. a lot of extra expenses month to month. So if you're not seeing a huge return on investment from advertising, why would you do it? Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So, um, you know, we've talked about this a little bit and I want to make sure we have time to talk about other things today. So as a fitness business owner, you know, here in 2020, where you're at right now, Daniel, what would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck? And what are you actively doing to work on kind of overcoming that? Oh man, uh, to, you know, to be really honest, the, the, the toughest thing is getting payments. Like it, it is it, the way we work is just, is automatic payments, right? So people are on a one-year contract. Uh, we've got their credit card in the system and we just pull batch files of these automatic payments. We pull them twice a month. So people on the outside might look at that and think like, wow, like that's easy. It's like a shirt income, you know, uh, you're just pulling straight from their credit cards. So easy, but it's crazy uh, how many transactions don't go through. And so we are constantly fighting to try and, to try and make up whatever transactions did not go through. And I'm telling like, sometimes it can be a month that's like 15% of them didn't go through. I'm like on cloud nine. That's like amazing. You know, so there, there's months where, I mean, sometimes 25, 30, 35% of the, of transactions didn't go through. So for me, it's just a question of always trying to figure out like, what can I do to, to mitigate this or to try and have some sort of ability to forecast uh, a little bit better than for it to always be like kind of every month. Like, so is it going to be 15%? It's going to be 25 this month. Like who knows? So for me, I'm just always trying to find ways to, to fix that. And uh, one of the things I implemented was uh, initiation fees. Mm -hmm. So we have our monthly, uh, we have our one-year contract for that you pay monthly. And we add, I added on uh, initial fees. You can call them what you want to the client. You know, we just, call them like uh, initial fees for uh, administration stuff and, and whatever. Basically what it is for me is it's kind of like a, uh, it's just support for in case I don't get payments, in case somebody stays for two, three months and then leaves, I at least get like a bigger lump sum at the beginning of the contract. Uh, and just helps me have like a little bit more cash flow yeah. and mitigate any of those payments that, uh, that don't go through. But yeah, it's, it's definitely like there's still work to be done and it's, it's, I'm always thinking of different ways to try and fix that. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because since we are living in like such a digital world, it's really easy for people to like ghost us now. Yeah. And it's, it seems like even more prominent now than ever where like somebody will change their credit card or, or whatever, like 
so that they don't yeah. have to have that conversation with us. And like, it sounds like you make it pretty darn easy to cancel. It your <laughs> so it's crazy to me that like, people just can't call and let you know. And then you have to deal with like the hassle of continuously trying to take that payment. And for us with the CRM that we use, every time we try to take that payment, it costs us money. It's not a lot, but like, you know, it costs some, some change in the pocket yeah. every time you try to run that payment. And so it is a pain in the butt, um, getting, you know, people to, to, um, to pay how big of a challenge is it though? Like how often is this happening? Like, is it every day, every month? Like it's all the time. I have crazy stories. I mean, listen, there's, there's, some of the craziest things happen. Like we'll, we'll call somebody and, and remember, like they call their credit card company and cancel their card or block us on their card when they could have just called us and canceled just as easy. Right. But we have, we literally have people that we call and they say, no, I, I never signed up there. I never been in there in my life. I've and heard, we're, I've heard we're literally looking too. at a picture. We're literally looking at a picture of them in the gym because we took a picture of them. I'm like, but I have a picture of you. Like, how can you say that? That is crazy. I've heard of that happening too. A friend of mine does some nutrition coaching and um, she had a client, she was working with him. Like she had him on um, trainer eyes, like as a client, um, made a nutrition plan for him. And then he contacts her gym and says like, I don't know like why this payment is coming out. Like I've never worked, <laughs> I've never worked with this person before. I don't want to be spending a hundred and $30 a month on this anymore. And um, I, I don't know who you are. Uh, it's crazy that people yeah. are so, that's so weird. Um, yeah. And it's, it sucks that that's like something that we have to deal with, just like people's BS. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm, yeah all the time. <laughs> okay, so um, to kind of talk about something happy for a second, uh, talk to us, you know, if you were to have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for Pump City Fitness had come true, what would that picture look like for you? Mm, that picture would look like all the COVID debt erased so that I can finally finish the gym the way I wanted to. We have a lot of projects that were kind of like at 90, 95%. Uh, so I'd just like to finish all of that so that I can open the uh, second location, uh, which we are working, well, which I'm, I'm looking into right now. And of course, hey, uh, you know, be able to get everybody's payment 100% every time. Yeah. Uh, so main one there is just kind of like working, you know, over to get back some of that money, some of that debt, pay off some of that debt from COVID. Um, what, like, what needs to be your focus right now to make that something that happens sooner rather than later? I uh, continue on the path we're on, to be honest, we're, I'm close, uh, close to be paying everything off. It's been a good, like, it's been a good last few months. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just need to continue on that path. Uh, we've got, you know, we're, we're big on bodybuilding and powerlifting and that kind of thing. And so throughout the summer, there's a lot of power, uh, bodybuilding competitions and stuff. And of course, like the Mr. Olympia coming up. So we do a lot of like uh, a lot of promoting for that kind of stuff and sponsoring those shows. So a lot of athletes coming through, uh, word of mouth spreading. So we just need to continue like that momentum, right? Uh, until like the end of like that uh, bodybuilding competing season to continue uh, getting as many people as we possibly can. Yeah, it's uh, very, very important um, to kind of work toward um, overcoming that and stay, keep, keep your eyes focused on like what's right in front of you. 
Um, so next question that I have here, and this kind of puts you on the spot. So if you need a second to think, that's okay. Um, what is a word of advice that you wish somebody had told you before you went and opened up um, Pump City, like that you would share with somebody who's very new to the industry today? Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I would have many. But if I, if I look at like, let's say my first, the, the first gym that I ever opened, um, there was a couple of things and, and often like entrepreneurs, like we, we kind of are a bit stubborn, uh, and want to do everything on our own. Um, it's kind of just in our nature. And so one of the things would definitely be that was that I, I was like really crazy on doing everything myself and almost like not even including anybody in, in my plans of what I was doing. Cause it was like, you know, you don't know what I want to do. And like, I'm just, I'm just going to do what I want. And so, <clears throat> like I said, I mean, I had a good career before that, but I, I used all my own money to open my first gym. Right. And if I look back on it, I just think like, damn, I would have, <laughs> I would have taken a bank loan or at least a partial bank loan uh, before putting all my uh, kind of like invested money into that. Uh, that's definitely number one. And the uh, other thing is just kind of like learning what to spend money on and what not to, you know, like there's, there's some things you can cut corners on and there's others that you can't. And um, I, I definitely learned how to not cut corners on the important things and then not spend so much money on the things that don't actually bring you value. So spend money on things that are going to bring you members. If you think about it and you're like, I'm going to spend this money on, on X thing. If it's not going to bring you more members than what it costs you, then it's more worth doing something else. Mm -hmm. Unless you have all kinds of extra cash and extra capital and you want to do that. Sure. But you know, adding. What's something, uh, what's something that you cut corners on that you wish you hadn't? Um, well, okay. Let's say in, in this gym, I, I, on the flooring, there was a uh, very uneven, like flooring at certain parts of it. Hmm. So it was going to cost a lot to redo all the cement floor, pour new concrete and all that kind of thing. Uh, so I opted to just sand down uh, kind of like a diamond grinder, sand down the parts that were really bad and just put uh, a vinyl flooring rather than a more sturdy type of flooring. Uh, and it's just gotten destroyed. It's yeah. gotten destroyed. It looks like crap. And in my head, I'm like, wow, like I spent $500,000 on equipment, but cut a corner on, on something that was so simple that I, that now looks, you know, trashy, whereas, uh, and it's going to cost me more money in the future because I'm going to have to fix it. So, yeah. So just like, I always like to think of longevity just as a consumer not even just as somebody who's running a business but I am the type of person who thinks of longevity and like I'm in the process of buying a sofa right now for example like a new sofa and my partner like he he's like oh this one's on sale and I'm like I don't care if it's on sale like we want something that's gonna last a lifetime if yeah. I have to spend two thousand more dollars on a nice sofa that's gonna last me last me a long time I'm gonna do that and this can, we can apply the same thing, like as a business owner, when we're looking at our build out, like, yeah, there's always going to be um, cheap flooring. There's always going to be a cheaper weight, a cheaper whatever. Um, but is that always the best option? No, sometimes we got to spend the money if we want it to last yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you spend the money on something that you shouldn't have. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah that goes <laughs> that goes to say, um, as well. So, um, thank you for being here today. I, Daniel, I had a lot of fun. Um, what is the, the Instagram page for pump city? Where can we go if we're interested in following your journey? 
Yeah, so uh, Facebook and Instagram is Pump City Fitness on both of them. And uh, website's pumpcityfitness.com. Not much on there, it's just uh, basic information. But yeah, it's all Pump City Fitness. Cool. Easy enough to find. Daniel, thanks for being here today, for sharing your insight. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest, a returning guest, Alexander Pepper with Pepper Boxing out of Atlanta, Georgia. Alex, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate yeah. it. Was, we appreciate good. you being on here again. <laughs> Thanks, These are always uh, my favorite episodes to do because we can kind of use it as, you know, where you once were to where you are now. So let's kind of dive right into the things here. Um, you know, let's start off with, you know, the progression. Where did you start, Alex? And like in comparison to where you are now, I mean, like how much of a jump have you actually done with like, let's say in regards to members, where were you when you started it? You know, I, I, well, I'm not sure if you started a year ago, but when you were on the podcast last time, you know, so since. how many members were you at there and then where you're at now? Okay. So we had roughly 1,100 members in the battery location. I think that those numbers were a little artificially inflated via the stimulus um, for lack of work. I think a lot of people were home. Um, so I think that we had an influx of, uh, like I said, clients that, uh, yeah, that might have artificially inflated our membership base. I have noticed about a 25% dip in the last year um, from so month over month. So if I was going to say, uh, what, October 2021 via versus 2022. 25% dip. I think there's, you know, there's inflation and the potential of, uh, I guess, world war that has affected people's spending habits, mm-hmm. change them. Uh, but so we've bridged the gap with our newest location opening in Buckhead that has roughly, well, a little over 300 members now. So we've we've managed to actually expand in a very turbulent time we took our success from 2020 2021 and ran with it and that's why i'm actually here with this beautiful backdrop because we're profiling space in tampa and st pete some of those other uh southeast uh, states yeah that's awesome and congratulations congratulations (laughs) and um you know now, just curious, now if it's if it's changed from when you first came on here, you know, 
Um, what's been your best method of getting new people interested in through the door? Has it changed at all or is it still the same as, as what you were doing prior? I think you need to really understand your market. So the battery uh, trends very differently than bucket. For example, uh, our influencers, our organic marketing tends to do a little bit better than our paid advertising in the battery. All this to say that paid ads is king. We invest a lot of money into it. Our average acquisition cost per new client is anywhere from $35 to $65, depending on the season. I, I mean, New Year's is the Super Bowl of fitness, so we're competing with a lot of other brands. That drives up acquisition cost. Uh, but it, it seems like the more affluent areas are literally, excuse the pun, peppered right. with advertising at all time. And it essentially becomes mute. So I think they rely on, like I said, organic marketing, influencers, and social proof, essentially. Yeah. But they also need in the background those cool, fun, kitschy ads. So they, again, you know, are accustomed or familiar with the brand. And eventually one of those will hit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love how you're able to distinguish that two locations are different. I think that's a big kind of perspective shift I want to kind of highlight here for the viewers because I think people don't understand. They think that might what works here might work well at the same location if they have multiple locations, right? But it's 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 very true where you have to understand your your actual demographic and who you're appealing to in your audience that you have in that vicinity because it's Absolutely. gonna be different. Absolutely. Um, and just like when you go over to Tampa, right? It might be a little different down there too. So who knows? <laughs> right. Right. That's exactly it. And we're so we did a uh, we did an interesting. I hired a third party to come in and dive into the psyche, the personality of our demographic. And we found that independent of the location you're in, independent of your economic position, peppers, pepper boxing clients tend to be extremely ambitious personally and professionally. Um, and they look to release they look for a release because of that, that personality trait. So that gives us a little bit more direction in our, I know it sounds still pretty abstract, but it does give us more, um, what's it called? It does give us more direction with our marketing. So we want to speak. I mean, isn't that what marketing's point is to speak to the client, to sell them before they've even gotten into the studio. And luckily, We've always been very good at that. So yeah. I, I, I trust that no matter the location, we'll figure it out at some point. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I just want to say, again, I think one thing that I can see that you have a, a pretty distinguished from a lot of other gym owners I speak to is just the mindset, right? And, I mean, and I'm not trying to sound cliche, but I mean, genuinely speaking here, it's, it's you have the confidence behind your brand and what you're doing. And you're not just saying, hey, like, you know what? Word of mouth is going to be our best avenue here. It's, it's you're very honest. And I think you have gone a step above for the typical gym owner here. Where that's why you're able to expand and grow, right? I mean, most people can't even get to, to a point where you're at. You know what I'm saying? So I think uh, that's such a big point there. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not the type who's going to sit around and wait for clients to come to us. I mean, that's always great when they're organic and, and I guess non-pitched and they come in and they just want a membership, but that is few and far between. So if you're going to really make it, you need to go out there and get it. And there's a lot of strategy there. There's a lot of procedure there. Um, and those are all things that we have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and kind of moving on here, I don't want to exhaust the conversation on marketing here, but kind of moving on a little bit. Um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I know obviously um, each location has their mind of clients and you could speak it in a general consensus if you wanted to here, but um, I know you're at 1300 or so total. I mean, how much higher could you go as in terms of capacity? Like I, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited, right? I mean, what's the ceiling look like? Um, because there's two locations, one has roughly, one has roughly, you know, 900 to a thousand. Um, I'd like to match that with the other studio. You know, there, the battery, because we have so many clients is a heavy lift and we yeah. don't sell out classes. We sell out days. Uh, and the amount of procedure behind speaking to a thousand members to canceling freezing upselling the the amount of the crm activity in the background is massive i think pepper boxing at our flagship locations hover around a thousand you know we have a 50 what did we do last month we did a 57 percent close rate in the battery for first timers so almost 60 six out of 10 first timers that walked through the door were closed i.e bought a membership or a package in buckhead we had an 87 percent close rate so roughly nine out of every 10 people who walked in bought a membership or package no matter what we are going to sell you, period. I love so that. I love that. It's a matter of time. I think, yeah. we, I mean, we're talking about September and you know, historically, October is the slowest month in fitness per the statistics, period. Yeah. Um, we still managed to sell what? I think it was close to 70 memberships last month and that's a slow time. Wow. So yeah, I mean, again, the um, the marketing company has a bucket to hit. They have to get me bare bones minimum 100 people via the paid ads, via the marketing funnel. And then organic, we rest on or we rely on, let's just say, 35 to 50. Yeah. We'll sell yeah. them all. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it, uh, a highlight and a testament to you again. I mean, you've truly embodied yourself as not just a gym owner, but a business owner. You know, yeah. and you have to be a sales professional. You have to be a marketing professional and you embody it. And that's okay. great. And Alex, I want to, I want to throw a longer winded question here. And I'm curious to see your response here because you're, you're doing pretty damn well. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it, what we've been discussing, what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym, what are going to be three pillars of business. Okay. And it's going to be one, your lead generation, which is just your marketing Two your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client, which we know you're good at. 
And three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. I'm going to be so, honest with you. I didn't hear anything you said because they're oh. moving some stuff around because I guess it's getting a little uh, yeah. windy and, and it's yeah. rain. Could you, three pillars of- Yeah, no concerns, no concerns. I'm I'll sorry. repeat it I'm by so all so means. Sorry. It's three pillars of business right? and essentially it's what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world, right? It's going to be one, your lead generation, right? Which is your marketing, getting people through the door. Your acquisition, which is your sales, which we know you're good at, right? Which is getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So right. of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, you know, I think there's room for improvement. I mean, with everything and anything, right? For sure. So let's let's address each one, one through three. So the first one was lead generating or generation. Yes. So we do, you know, luckily we're in a position where we can afford to to create a tier of, or how about this, a a, a minimum of a hundred paid leads per month, which is robust, man. That's big. It is. That is. Plus organic. You know, I think I think we do pretty well there. I mean, I guess more money would generate more traffic. I have noticed that at this point in my growth cycle as a, as an owner, I guess maybe a brand, and I say this you know, lightly, leader, is that when we do community work, I mean, setting up booths, tables, that kind of thing, it takes away from the more important procedure. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, from my team. So yeah. it, that, that doesn't really do much for us at this point. So now close rate, but that was number two. What was number two? Uh, acquisition, well, acquisition was, was essentially closing them. So one and two is kind yeah, of the same. They're ex similar. Exactly. Two, uh, I mean, we have a 57 and an 87, 7% close rate where the industry standard is what 15 to 25. So we almost triple it. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then the last so, one was just retention and ascension. Yeah. And long, we get together. Money. Yeah. We get together twice a week and do sales training. Um, we go through everything that we've encountered over the past week, plus um, how to, I guess, tackle what we see, what we feel like is coming because we've done this for enough years now that we know that October, there's a very big lull. November starts to decline and then December is essentially defunct until the 26th. And then everyone beats the drum with the caveat of, hey, five more days of debauchery and on the first starts my better body. New year, new me. And that's a real thing. That's a, that's the Super Bowl of fitness. So we plan for that. Uh, we, we, we create a lot of, or we do a lot of education around that and training. So uh, I'm, I'm happy there. I think retention is high. Again, we, we, we sell month to month, six months and one year memberships with a couple of packages that we really don't offer unless it's an elastic effort. But again, you know, we close at a pretty high rate. So, you know, 
I love to have my clients around forever. Our typical client sticks around for anywhere from six months to three years. And I know that's a really big swing, but it, it quantify. It's hard to report on how long the average client sticks with us. That's why we have the memberships. I think memberships yep. are king. I don't like the month to month model. I don't like the no contract model. I don't like the package model. So I'm pretty happy with this reoccurring locked in revenue. I think we have high retention. We have high utilization and we have a 5%, well, actually lower in Buckhead because we have a, a smaller membership base because we wanted to open nine months. I think my, my attrition is like 3% in Buckhead, maybe 2%. And my attrition in the battery is roughly 5 to 6%, pretty low. Oh, yeah. So most yeah. of the time, people stick around. Yeah, that's awesome. So that we're is awesome. happy. You know, we're doing okay. The, the, I guess the next spot or the next place... Now, now it's just about scaling. Right? Yeah, how do we exactly. More studios. How do we how do we acquire debt? How do we acquire investors that are buying into equity or maybe creating profit locations? Maybe there's no equity. Maybe we roll that equity into it. That's where that's the newest struggle, right? There's a lot of dry powder out there. I just got to find it because people are more inclined to to keep it now. And, and they're not they're not willing to spend it like they were, i.e., two years ago, and there was just money everywhere. Yeah. So that's that's been the, the biggest. Yeah, I I love the response there. I I appreciate the response. I appreciate you getting down and super transparent throughout the whole entire thing. Thank you. I've got one more question for you here, Alex, and it's my 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 favorite question. I'm really curious to see your response yeah. here. You know, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym and sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that you advice be for you? can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. That's it. You can't do it alone. Pay your employees well. <clears throat> train them well. Um, and rely on them because they will grow. And if you're hovering all the time, excuse me, <clears throat> And if you're hovering all the time, they won't spread their wings and fly because they'll rely on you for the answer, for help, to solve it, to fix it, because that's what we are. We're entrepreneurs, right? So there is a, a point where we can no longer fix everything, right? There's a point where I just don't have enough bandwidth. And we're starting to see that one, two, into our third and fourth location, I can probably swoop in and save the day. But at some point when we hit five, six, and 10 location, that's no longer a thing. So you have to find good people. You know, we're yeah. paying unbelievable amounts of money to management, to desk, to trainers, to make sure that we have real loyalty, uh, invested, you know, uh, invested um, employees that believe in me and the brand and each other above all else they're able to live well and i think that everyone's and so am i and we're all thankful for it so we rely on each other so yeah i think that's my greatest advice you cannot do it by yourself you need good people there we go there we go that's a mic drop of an answer there i'll tell you that alex it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out 
please, if you have any social media, Facebook website, where can people find out more about you and the facility? Thank you. Uh, pepperboxing.com. And I guess my, my personal Instagram is personal pepper. <laughs> yeah. Creative, right? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, I, I hope my answers, you know, suggest that, that I've done a ton of work. I've, I've really busted my butt for this, right? I've been homeless twice. I've lived on top of the first pepper in Nashville I've, I've spent 80 hour, 100 hour work weeks living, breathing, dying this brand. And we're at a place now where we're, we're trying to expand and grow where I'm not necessarily boots on the ground in every single location all the time. I am living, breathing, dying to grow. So it's the same kind of attitude. It's the same kind of work ethic and grit just in a different way at this point, you know, and I, I don't yeah. want to think that I have, that I think I have all the answers because I don't, I really don't. Now I've gone to the next phase where that's where I need a lot of guidance. And I've relied on a lot of really smart people who are way smarter than I am because I've spent the majority of my career being an athlete, a trainer, boots on the ground, you know, private clients. And now I've, I've become a, a business owner where I don't have all the answers. I'm not as sophisticated as these guys, but what I am is a sponge. And I take every meeting, I do every podcast, I do everything I possibly can to just learn. And that's helped expedite my growth. But there's nothing as important as grit and tenacity, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road, Alex. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. Just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Thank you. Awesome. Yep. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Eric Aravalo of Pro Boxing Fitness coming to you from Elgin, Illinois. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you today? Hey, how you doing, Joe? Pleasure to be in this show. Uh, so 
I'm here. (laughs) Excited to have you here. I'm excited to, to pick your brain. And this is not your first business. And so probably plenty of wisdom to be extracted from there. But for context, before we get too into the nitty gritty here, Eric, people who aren't familiar with, with pro boxing fitness, give us a little bit of a description. What is this gym? What is this business about? So pro boxing fitness, um, we're, we're a boxing gym. Uh, we try to cater to basically everybody. Uh, and when I say everybody, I mean, you know, people who are just looking to do boxing for a workout, the fitness side of it, uh, people who want to do boxing for amateur boxing, they want to do competitions, uh, they want to learn self-defense, um, kids, we do kids boxing. Uh, for the kids, I mean, some of the kids, uh, the parents bring them on their off-season, used to like keep them in shape because they do other sports. Uh, some parents bring them in for, uh, you know, get some aggression out, uh, you know, discipline, uh, self-esteem helps them a lot with self-esteem. So we, we try to cater everything for everybody. Uh, and we recently also venture uh, out into uh, adding a pretty decent size weight room area into our facility. Uh-huh. So, you know, we're trying to have everything under one roof. You yeah. know, we want to offer all the boxing classes, all the boxing, um, you know, workouts, training. But we also want to offer a facility that has basically everything that you'll need, you know, as far as like equipment wise, um, you know, weights, um, cardio equipment, you know, you name it. Yeah. So with that, Eric, I, I talked to a number of boxing gyms in the past and it kind of goes one or two directions. One they focus exclusively on people trying to train to compete, to get in actual fights. And the other side of that coin, they're using boxing and and training everyday people and teaching them the sport, but it's more fitness focused. Do you find yourself in one or the other of those camps or a little bit of both? Um, I think that's what differentiates us from other gyms. It's we are, um, Neither and we are both <laughs> at the same time. Okay. So uh, when I first started, like you mentioned before, this is not my first uh, gym. So I had another uh, boxing gym. Uh, we used to focus more on fighters and we had a, a, a close niche of what we offer. So, um, and I'm talking about over 10 years ago. So the market was different, uh, you know, clientele was different. Mm-hmm. So you, as a business owner, you kind of got to evolve with the need of the people out there, you know? Um, I'm sure when people hear uh, boxing or when they used to hear boxing back in the days, they will they, they will automatically think about like Rocky, you know, uh, Dirty yeah. Dead, you know, guys with broken noses and a gym that smells like in a basement, know, yeah, like a basement, you know, like your your old uh, high school locker rooms, you know, just like Musk. <laughs> uh, so what we uh, once I opened my own 
brand. I wanted to branch out of that and I wanted to pretty much uh, bring boxing to everybody, you know, to everybody. Uh, I want to change people's mind about the sport and boxing in general. Uh, so, I mean, boxing in general—it's—it's it's a great workout. It's—it's it's great for for staying in shape. I mean, it's a great stress reliever. You know, so there's a lot of benefits to boxing—not sure. only learning how to fight and you know getting your anger out. So, um, as time progressed and you know the years passed. As everybody knows now, boxing is getting a little more mainstream. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's on movies. Uh, you hear uh, you know, about it on podcasts. Uh, you know, you got <laughs> YouTubers fighting. You know, so it, it's more out there. And what uh, a lot of boxing, I guess, business owners uh, need to understand is that if you only focus on one uh, side of the coin, you are leaving a lot of people out. So, I mean, if you're a lot of money out, (laughs) a lot of money out. Yeah. So, um, you know, fighters are great. You know, uh, they have a lot of passion for it. Uh, I myself have a lot of passion for the uh, competitive side of boxing, but as a business, as a business owners, I know I can't, rely and survive on just that yeah my experience is that fighters typically don't have money to pay for training a lot of the time and uh we can we've got bills to pay right mr and mrs jones who can come to the gym three times a week year round we can we can create a much more balanced revenue stream from training everyday people that's not to say that there can't be some combination of both and it sounds like you guys have that is is the majority of this done in classes? Is the majority of this done one on one? Tell me a little bit about how you actually provide the service. So we have um, so for, we have classes uh, like set classes throughout the week. Uh, we offer morning and evening classes. We have uh, we have set times in the morning, set times in the evening. Mm-hmm. So those are group classes um, for all levels. Uh, we have a, a class format that basically is able to accommodate everybody and anybody. Uh, doesn't matter your skill level, your fitness level. Uh, so th- that's how we run like the, the group classes setting for for your 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 average person who wants to get in the gym, get a workout, learn some te- some technique. Uh, and we also offer uh, semi-private, you can say, classes. Uh, so those are mainly invitation only. Uh, so when people have uh, the desire to start competing uh, or they want to get into a little more serious of a training, uh, we do have those uh, classes open, but we don't accept just anybody uh, into that class. Uh, so we either gotta invite you, you know, because you see that, uh, you know, you have like the potential and we wanna kind of get you involved with the amateur side of uh, boxing or, you know, we think that it would be a good fit for you to get a little bit like harder training, more contact. Uh, or like I said, you know, I have a small group of, of, uh, of people, kids, uh, 
adults, teenagers that do want to take it to, you know, a, a, a different level. You know, they want to get some amateur competition going. They want to spar. They want to, you know, they, they, they want to get more hands-on into the, the actual like, boxing side of it. So, okay. so that's kind of how we. Uh, sure. So a number of different services and, and it really depends on what the client is looking for. Exactly. Clue us in a little bit on, on the marketing that goes into this. What are you doing to get people through the doors before we can even have the conversation of what they're looking for? How are you getting the word spread about pro boxing? So I think uh, social media is definitely key, especially nowadays that everything is on your phone. You know, everything is so accessible to your phone. Uh, so we do a lot of uh, marketing, like social media marketing. Uh, we do a lot of uh, reels on Instagram, uh, you know, Facebook. We do Facebook. Uh, uh, you know, every every social media outlet is. I, I guess it works for different um, demographics and different age groups. Um, we use Instagram more for like the younger um, crowd. You know. Uh, and Facebook usually it's for you know older individuals. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of, that's where we get a lot of parents involved uh, with their kids. So we try to do a lot of social media. Uh, we also uh, like to do mailers. Uh, we don't do that often, but we usually try to hit them uh, during certain times of the year. You know, uh, closer to. Um, you know, holidays, like, like right now, you know, we got, um, you know, Black Friday coming up, we got Christmas coming up. Um, so those are the, the dates that we kind of uh, do the majors, used to mm -hmm. get the word out there. Um, but for the most part, it's just, uh, we try, we also try to be involved a lot in the community. So we do a lot in the community, we do a lot of events, uh, we try to be uh, in both, just in general. So word of mouth is definitely, I think, the one of the easiest and more uh, successful ways to retain people. You know, we try to kind of create a, a community in the sense of, you know, everybody knows everybody at the gym, you know, and even though we have, you know, a, a lot of members, I can, for the most part, say that, um, I don't know, I don't want to give you a number, but <laughs> the majority of people here, they, they know each other. They have met each yeah. other. You know? so, I think there's there's a lot to unpack there. And so I kind of want to go step by step. I don't think you're alone in the word of mouth and referrals boat. I think anybody that owns a gym loves those type of leads. They're bought in. It's not a tremendously difficult sale. The challenge being that there's only a limited number of them and we don't really have control of when they come in, right? That's why we lean into social media. We lean into these mass mailers. We lean into whatever other strategies are out there. As far as social media, you hit the nail on the head. Fitness lives and dies by social media. Instagram, Facebook are king. If we're trying to meet potential customers where they are, they're on social media, right? And right. people in 2022 before they ever reach out, before they ever step foot in your facility, they've probably done their research. They know about your business. They've seen it on Instagram. They've seen it on Facebook. And so for us as business owners, it's incredibly important to be active on those things. 
for you in, in the pro boxing fitness as a business, have you spent money advertising on social media or has it just been with the mailers so far? So we, uh, you know what they say, you got to spend money to make money. So uh, you, we do um, advertise and we do spend money on, on social media uh, to the fact of we, do, we run like sponsored ads. Um, you know, just to get the word out. Um, so, you know, we'll post a video or we'll post, uh, you know, like a picture or post. Uh, and then we'll, we'll boost it. You know, we'll boost it. We'll try it. We'll um, choose, like, the areas where we want uh, the ad to run, you know, the mm-hmm. age group. So we, we try to uh, pretty much, like, target uh, certain uh, areas uh, around the gym, demographic age groups, interest, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I think that the main thing with social media is uh, you want to have the right content uh, out there, you know. You want to you wanna create things, uh, you want to post things that are going to grab people's attention, you know. You yeah. want to have something that's going to catch people's eyes because you got that split second, you know. If something looks interesting, you're going to, click on it yeah people are just scrolling so what were your results uh, with the with the sponsor posts uh the sponsor post it it varies i mean it's it's just like anything it's trial and error you know so you gotta put a lot of a bunch of stuff out there uh try and see what works and when something works just keep doing it you know i've heard that a lot from gym owners and i think it makes sense that when i reason it to myself at least so many people get into owning gyms because they love fitness for you. You love boxing. You don't necessarily love marketing, right? That's not why you started this whole thing. And, and so it makes exactly. sense. You're, you're not an expert and it's okay. Right. I think a lot of gym owners that I talk to try this, they spend money on advertising one time. And if it doesn't result in this incredible pool of leads, then they stop, they abandon it altogether. I think right. your mindset of it's trial and error, right? We need to learn a little bit. We need to spend time doing it to get better at it. I think that's going to serve you far more in the long right. run. Yeah. And I think it also has to do with budgeting, you know? That's a good uh, point too. Yeah, <laughs> Small businesses is, you know? don't have Apple, Coke, Pepsi level money to just throw exactly. out problems like this. You're right. You're yeah, right. So yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta, I mean, as a business owner, you gotta understand that marketing, it's really, really important. And uh, marketing, it's not free, <laughs> you know? So you do gotta be aware that you are gonna spend money to get the word out, you know? And like you said, it might not happen overnight. Um, most of the times it doesn't happen overnight, you know? You gotta keep doing it. You know, you gotta do it two, three times uh, to start seeing results, you know? Cause the more people see it out there, the more they're gonna be curious. And then, you know, eventually they're gonna you know, they're going to either they're going to call, they're going to click on your page, you know, so, yeah. but it's, it's, uh, it's a marathon, not a race, you know, so. And, and it's only one half of the equation, Eric, just getting people interested doesn't necessarily mean they're going to sign up. And so take us through what a typical sales process looks like. Somebody reaches out interested in training with you guys at the gym. Who are they talking with? What is that conversation about? What are they signing up for at the end of this? 
So people contact us uh, in different ways. So um, they might just call directly at the gym, you know, because they saw us somewhere, you know, social media, they find us online. Uh, sometimes we get like uh, messages on social media, you know, because uh, they saw our videos or pictures or whatever, or uh, they'll just walk in because they live in the area, they get referred by somebody. So uh, the first thing that we do is, you know, when we uh, get a new client, whether it's by phone, uh, email, or by walk-in, you know, we, we, we like to create that, uh, that um, connection with that, with, with that person. So, you know, you gotta introduce yourself, ask them, you know, um, you know, the names, whatever. And then you, you want to see what brought them in the gym. You know, what are you looking for? You know, if they're looking just for, um, you know, fitness, you know, they just want to work out, they got to sweat. Uh, they're not necessarily looking into being the next Golden Globe champion, you know. Right, right. Uh, you know, I'm not going to It's gonna important for us to know that ahead of time. Exactly, yeah. I'm not going to stir them on the direction of those semi-private classes that we do. Or, you yeah. know, and vice versa, you know, if somebody comes in and then they're like, I want to uh, do competitions, I want to spar, I want to get uh, into the real, like, boxing, you know, um, side of training, you know, then we'll take it that way. But so, you know, we get a little bit of their background, what we're looking for. And then after that, you know, obviously, we got to give them a tour, show them what we got, our facility. Um, you know, the, the, the tour is very important uh, because you, you, you want to show them what we got to offer, what they're getting for their money, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then after we do the tour, then we just go over, you know, like the different membership options that we have. Um, you know, now uh, that we have this bigger facility, we have a lot more options as far as, you know, memberships and um we have more options for for people and i think we have a uh wider uh variety of clients now because we do offer memberships just for uh the weight room area and like an open gym membership you know they can use a weight room uh the boxing uh the punching bags are available they can hit the bags they can do the the, the cardio equipment um Come and go and say please. There's no set time, so they can pretty much show up whenever, work up, do their own thing. So we got that membership. Uh, we got that membership used for the classes. So if people are only interested in training, uh, you know, we'll give the option for that. And then we got the option of people who want to do the boxing training, but they also want to have access to the fitness facilities. Yeah. So they want to lift weights, you know. So uh, we got all those options. So we give them all the options and then pretty much it's just, which one do you want, you know? Yeah. Uh, which and one it, do you think a, a best fit It sounds you? like a very low pressured, which right. is going to work better for you right. kind of situation. For you moving forward with the business, which of those do you think has the most room for growth? Do you think the classes we could add people to? Do you think the open gym is, is going to be a good revenue source? Do we have the, growth so across the board? One of the main goals uh, with this expansion of the location was uh, to add that weight room facility. So we, we added about, um, it's a little over 2,500 square foot um, of just weight training. We got 
pretty much a whole bunch of free weights, blade loaders, cable stations. We got synthetic turf. We have everything. So one of the main problems that we were having at our other facility, uh, besides, you know, being too crowded, <laughs> it was people were uh, canceling their memberships because um, they either couldn't afford two memberships, you know, they couldn't afford our memberships and uh, going to a weightlifting gym or, uh, you know, they wanted to do both and, you know, time-wise or, or their schedule, you know, they didn't have time to pretty much like go here and then drive 15, 20 minutes and go get a, another workout. So they were a lot of your members are doing both then. So now that we added uh, this new facility, we are at the weight room area, you know, we are having a very successful um, first couple of weeks. Uh, we've been here for about three weeks, almost three weeks. So, but we are having a, a very good, uh, uh, I mean, usage of that weight room from our members, our current members, and also from people just walking in, they live in the area, uh, we are in a downtown area, so there's uh, apartments around here. There's a lot of food traffic. Um, the location where we are, there's a food court across the street, so there's always traffic. You know, we, we got uh, a, a lot of people interested in just the weight room. You know, they have no interest in, in, in boxing, so to say, uh, but they are interested in the weight room area, the, the cardio equipment. And, you know, I think that's going to be a very big um uh, niche that we can yeah an additional uh, uh, revenue stream for yeah, sure and yeah. so expand that out even further eric we've got this new revenue stream what do you see as the big picture for pro boxing fitness where do you see this business going a few years so right now uh, you know definitely want to grow the business we want to get more clients we want to build that weight room uh clientele which is a very good uh, source of passive income because, uh, you know, for the weight room, it's very little to no uh, maintenance besides, uh, you know, having the equipment working, having the equipment clean. Uh, but it's not like I got to have a instructor there, you know, teaching classes, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not like I got to uh, focus on, on on having somebody on 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 staff, like, there like like sure. the boxing part you know sure. for the boxing we need we got to have good coaches you know we got to have reliable people you know so it, it's a little more complicated to run like uh that side of the business than just having a way where people just come in and work out at their own time whenever they want you know so so yeah, yeah. that's yeah okay cool and and so i mean it sounds like we really have room for growth across the board. It's an interesting time when you move locations and it's sort of like a reset button for the business. This is, this is something you've been doing for years, but it's kind of a, a brand new adventure now right. with the space. Yeah, that you have, so, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the, the goal here is just, uh, I mean, uh, we, we definitely want to grow. Uh, we want to get more gyms like the one that we got right now. Uh, in the future, but this is kind of like a, like an experiment, so to say, because uh, we're adventuring into another another side of of the fitness industry, you know, mm -hmm. which is just the, the you know the the fitness facility, the weight room area. Um, so we're pretty much like combining two gyms into one. 
So yeah. there's other gyms out there, you know, that have done um, similar to what we got, but they're usually like corporate gyms, you know, uh, they got a whole bunch of money, you know, it's just, so, but, but this one, it's, it's, uh, it's not a corporate gym. It's not a franchise, you know, so I think that also uh, brings a lot of eyes to what we offer, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up here in the future it sounds like you guys still have a number of ideas and, and passion to grow the business that's a really great pace for us to wrap our conversation up eric but before we get out of here why don't you tell people the best website for them to find out more about proboxing yeah so you can reach us at proboxingfitness.com and then uh same name you can look for us on instagram proboxingfitness and facebook proboxingfitness um TikTok. <laughs> we started TikTok. Simple and straightforward. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Search Pro Boxing Fitness. You'll find one of these platforms. Eric, this has been a bunch of fun, man. I really appreciate your willingness to contribute and, and talk about both sides, right? What's going well for you guys and what you're still working on as a business. And so I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see the future of Pro Boxing Fitness and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. And thank you for having me over in your show. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.